Hi, my name is Jesse Resnack. I'm a pediatric surgeon at St. Louis Children's Hospital and a mom doc. Welcome. This is Mom Docs, the podcast from St. Louis Children's Hospital. I'm Melanie Cole, and today we're talking about summer safety. So, Dr. Resnack, I'm so glad to have you here with us. Let's start with bicycles, scooters. It's that time of the year. Kids are starting to take them to school. And they ask, why do I have to wear a helmet? I see some adults going by without the helmets. They hear that we didn't wear helmets when we were little guys. Tell us about helmets. So helmets are incredibly important. And unfortunately, it's one of the one of the common things that populates the emergency room this time of year. As kids start riding all the bicycles and scooters and toys they got over the winter and have been waiting to ride, unfortunately, it's inevitable that sometimes there are going to be some accidents and and helmets are critical in keeping them safe in a crash. Um, So bicycle helmets are in in most areas required for children, Um, though unfortunately, a majority of children are not going to wear a helmet every time they get on a bicycle. And it just takes one time uh, to have a, a fall and a serious head injury. Um, so uh, helmets are uh, basically a method of preventing or lessening the severity of brain injury during a bicycle crash. The helmet is composed of some sort of a crushable material, usually some kind of styrofoam or um, similar material covered with a thin layer of plastic. Um, and the that crushable material absorbs some of the energy uh, of the crash and actually kind of spreads it out over a larger area so it does a little bit less damage than uh, it would have uh, or the impact would have without the helmet. Um, ideally, we want the helmet to take the, the force of the blow and not the skull. Um, so uh, a properly fitted bicycle helmet can significantly decrease the, the likelihood of, of sustaining you know, severe brain injury. Uh, or even head or face injuries during a bicycle crash. Such important information, Dr. Vresenak. And as someone who recently started wearing a helmet myself, but it always insisted that my children do, I get it now. And, and again, it's so important. So let's move on, because grilling is something we all look forward to in the summer. We just love it. What's a safe distance from the grill for kids that want to look and see stuff cooking or learn how to use the grill you're a pediatric surgeon, and, and there's injuries that can happen around the grill, isn't there? Absolutely. So um, particularly a, a grill with an open flame or where you're going to be using lighter fluid, um, those are, are you know, high-danger high, high danger activities for young kids who may not understand um, the potential for, uh, for burns or, or other injuries. Um, so as a rule, it's safest to keep kids at least three feet away from the grill. It's close enough that they can look and see what's going on. Um, but if something, if a flame flared uh, or, if, you know, pouring lighter fluid on there, you had a, a flame come back at you, um, that's going to keep the child out of, uh, out of harm's way. Um, the other thing, even a grill that's not actually on or working may still be hot. Uh, so it's really important to remember that even when you're finished cooking and you know eating dinner, that you still need to keep kids away from that area because contact uh, with a hot grill, uh, even for a very short period of time, can be enough to cause some pretty severe burns. What about temperature of food? Do we have to concern ourselves? We don't want to make everybody at our grill party sick. Absolutely. Um, so uh, that 
that varies based upon what you're cooking. Um, but getting a, a proper meat thermometer is a good investment. In many cases, just a couple dollars at the grocery store. Um, for hamburgers or other kinds of ground meat, you want to make sure that those are at least 160 degrees at the center. Um, and for chicken, uh, 165. Uh, if you're cooking fish, it's a little bit less, 145. Uh, but you want to make sure you're hitting those temperatures because below that, uh, the food hasn't gotten hot enough to, to kill any microbes or bacterial growth that could be inside. Particularly in the summer, you have to think about not only uh, what the food has gotten to, but how you're storing it before you cook it and how you're uh, presenting it afterwards. One of the other big culprits in, in terms of foodborne illness is improper storage of food. So if you're out picnicking all day and uh, and you have meat that's not being kept uh, appropriately cold um, you know, while, we're, while you're waiting for, it to cook, cook, waiting for it to cook, that can be a problem. And similarly, if you cook everything up and it sits out for a couple of hours, uh, that can be problematic as well. So uh, really you know, make sure that you're, you're maintaining food safe, good food safety practices all the way through. And now another thing that goes along with all of that fun summertime grilling and bicycling is mowing the lawn, something not everybody loves to do. But as someone who works with the American Academy of Pediatrics, Dr. Resinek, I've heard that lawnmower injuries are can be pretty high in the summer. What about kids and lawnmowers? And I mean, we want our 11-year-olds to mow the lawn. We do. But is that not safe? Sure. So that's actually a really good point. Um, unfortunately, as a trauma surgeon, at, at least a couple times a year, we do see children come in with significant injuries from a lawnmower, uh, and those can be permanent and disfiguring. Uh, so it's very, very important uh, to really uh, think about safety as you're, uh, as you're mowing the lawn or using any kind of outdoor power equipment, to be honest. Um, so the AAP recommends that uh, children under the age of 12 really shouldn't be around lawnmowers at all. Um, at 12, depending on the size and strength of the child, um, the recommendation is that a push mower may be appropriate. And this is something where, as a parent, obviously you have to use your judgment. Not every 12-year-old is, is uh, built the same. Some 12-year-olds may be well able to handle that lawnmower, while others, it, it might still be a bit much. You want to make sure that that child's not going to have any trouble controlling it, uh, particularly if you're using a, you know, a self-propelled or powered variety, um, because you really don't want that to get away from them. And in terms of riding lawnmowers or tractors, uh, the AAP recommends a minimum age of 16 uh, before kids are, are able to use that kind of machinery. And one of the things that is really, really common and unfortunately a surprisingly common way that, that younger kids actually get injured um, is uh, sort of taking a ride on someone's lap on one of those riding lawnmowers. Uh, as, as most parents know, kids don't always say exactly where you, where you put them or ask them to, and uh, a little bit of wiggling can get a child, uh, you know, right off that lawnmower, unfortunately, in contact with the blade. Uh, so you want to make sure that although it's fun, uh, really kids are, are not using lawnmowers uh, as toys uh, because they're serious pieces of machinery and the injuries can be uh, quite severe. Yikes. I just hate to even think of that. Gives me the wiggles. So Let's move on to something else that parents concern themselves with. Dr. Vresenak at a friend's house, and I've had this experience with my son. 
What questions should we ask before letting our child play at someone else's house? Should we ask that question about guns? Yeah. So as a mom of three, I know exactly how hard and awkward that can feel. So Uh, awkward. But really awkward. Uh, But it's one of those things that, you know, just like anything where, you know, when it comes to your children's safety, you you can't worry about who you you might be uh, offending or anything like that. Uh, guns are uh, a huge, huge source of danger for young children. And uh, although obviously many households have guns, uh, it's critical to understand, A, if there are guns in a house where your child is going to play, and if so, how those guns are stored. Um, The key is making sure that if there are uh, any firearms in the house, that they are kept unloaded and appropriately locked up in a way that children do not have any access. So the AAP has a big campaign going on right now, encouraging folks to ask those questions. Um, in fact, there's a there's a day coming up on June 21st dedicated to uh, this this uh, movement to to promote this, this kind of questioning and normalize it, so that maybe it won't feel so awkward uh, to to say something like that to another parent. And it's important if you're going to say that that it's not said in a judgmental way. Guns that are kept unloaded and appropriately locked up away from kids do not pose, uh, you know, do not pose, you know, the kind of danger that should prevent a child from going to play at someone's house. It's just an important thing to understand. You may be saving your child's life or someone else's. So it's, it is really important to have that uh, open conversation. And if it turns out that you get an answer you don't like, that doesn't mean that your children can't be friends or that you're, they can't play together. In that situation, the best thing to do is say, you know what, how about you come over to play at our house today? And you can make sure that you, uh, you facilitate uh, your children playing with their friends, but in a safe environment where everybody can feel comfortable. That is some of the most important information that we discuss on these shows, because you have to feel comfortable where your children are playing. And you also have to educate your children about what is acceptable and what is not, if their friends pull out a knife or a gun to say, look at what I'm going to show you, then your kids have to know to tell you about that stuff. Wrap it up for us, Mm -hmm. doctor. What would you like parents listening to know about all of the scaries that are out there that can get at our kids and the best ways that we can have so much fun in the summer and keep them safe at the same time? So, Biggest and most important message about all of this is for parents to be involved. Know what's going on with your kids. Summertime is a is a time when kids have a lot more freedom. They don't have the structure of school. Uh, they may be off and playing with friends or in, in different environments uh, than they're used to. Know where they're going, who they're going to be with, and what they might come into contact with there, whether it's a pool, fireworks, barbecue grill, guns, All of these things are uh, potential dangers, uh, but hazards that can be managed with appropriate information. Make sure you talk to your kids about uh, what dangers they might encounter and help them think through strategies uh, on on how they would handle those situations. Also, for things like bicycle safety, do it yourself. I can't emphasize how important it is for parents to live by the same rules that they expect of their children. Um, those kids whose parents are religious about wearing a helmet are vastly more likely to wear the helmet when they're not in the presence of their of their parents and to continue doing so as they get older themselves. 
Being a great role model is so important. Thank you for making that point and for joining us today. And thank you so much for listening to this episode of Mom Docs with St. Louis Children's Hospital. Head on over to our website at stlouischildrens.org for more information and to get connected with one of our providers. If you found this podcast informative, please share on your social media and be sure to check out all the other interesting podcasts in our library. I'm Melanie Cole.